0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community practicing the way of Jesus and thirsting for the life he gives. We have a guest preacher today, so one thing that we like to do at Church at the Well is from time to time, we'll invite people from our own congregation to be guest preachers. And you guys might know this about us if you've been coming to church for Church of the Well for a while, you know like we have way too many staff for our church. We have six staff people in our church, three pastors. And you say, wow, your church must be huge. It's like, no, it's not. We just really believe that each person has something special to offer the body of Christ. And people who aren't even on staff at our church have something special to offer the body of Christ. Right, like you have something special to offer the body of Christ. I think one of the reasons that... Um, church gets a bad rap is because we, we, when we think about the church and look at the church, we see the clergy, the, the paid professionals who do everything else, who do all the work of the ministry and everybody else who just comes and supports that. But when we read scripture, what we find is the church is built up of a body of believers, like every part matters, the finger, the eyes, the ears, the nose, the kneecap, it All even, and the parts you can't see, the apostle Paul tells us, the internals, are what like, keeps us alive. They're the vital parts. And so from time to time, we like to invite people up um, from our congregation just to share. Maybe it's a testimony, or maybe it's a sermon, or maybe it's a teaching, um, because we believe that, that, that God uses all of us, right? And so I'm going to invite Peter Mormon to come up. Um, let, let's pray before Peter comes up and we open up scripture together. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the church, for the body of Christ. We're thankful for the scriptures. that We get to come here and open up scriptures together and and hear our friends um, share these scriptures and listen to not only our friends preaching, but to hear your spirit speaking directly to us. And so, God, give us ears to hear whatever it is you want to speak to us this morning. Bless our friend Peter as he opens up scripture. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. So uh, I've been reading the Old Testament a lot lately. There's a lot of uh, Amorites, Jesuites, Hittites, Levites. So good morning, Wellites. So first thing I will warn you about me is I am very, very sarcastic, Okay, So you'll get used to me. So um, just with a very, very brief introduction, for those who don't know me, my name is Peter. I am English-born, English-bred. Uh, My wife's name is Kelly. She is American-born, American-bred. We've been married coming up to 36 years in August, and we live in Williston. And we have three children, one of which, a younger one, Lydia, attends the church with us. Uh, Not the Lydia that sings, the one that's on this side, who just graciously gave her father her water bottle, because (laughs) guess what I forgot this morning? My water bottle, so how well. So just very briefly, the timing of this message is uh, very interesting because a lot of what I've got to say came from our outdoor uh, little small groups at Letty Park last year. So it's been on my mind, I've been weighing it up. Um, Adam and I have coffee on a fairly regular basis, and so that's where this comes, and it's kind of good because that's where we are about to head again. So hopefully that's good. Um, So I'm gonna open, it's not, part of my total message, but I want to open with something that's very important, and this comes from a teaching from R.C. Sproul, and that is the opening line of the Lord's Prayer. And as R.C. Sproul often points out, it's missed the significance of the opening line. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our Father is personal, relationship, In heaven, above, beyond, we'll never understand him. And hallowed, he's worthy of all glory, honor, and praise for who he is and what he's done. Now the reason I'm opening with that is today I'm talking only about the Our Father aspect. And I want you to keep the whole thing in balance. And that's also a very, very good thing to, when you're looking at uh, people's information, teachings, etc., that you uh, read or listen to, it's always good to ask yourself, do they keep those three things about God? Because if you're not careful, and the reason I'm doing this, because I'm talking about the first one, is it can easily sound like this is a my buddy God teaching. It is not. It is about the father aspect. Please keep the others in mind. So I'm going to start um, when we read the story of, in Genesis, of creation. There's a lot of things about God making the world, how he put it all together, all the animals, his interactions, how he put everything together, you know, and coming up and saying at the end of it, everything is very good. So why did God do that? What was the reason for him to create all this amazing world in which we live? Well, the Our Father part says it's so that he can be in relationship with us. We were designed to be in a relationship with God. However, as we know, if you've read the story of Genesis, he puts this all together. Everything's great. Um, oh, and yes, I just want to point out, as you read that story, you'll notice too that God is walking in the garden with Adam and Eve. The reason you're going to be walking in the garden with Adam and Eve is because you are talking to them, communicating them, having that intimate relationship with them, personal side. Now, We messed it up, and we messed it up very quickly and and rather badly. And one of the things we read almost immediately about that is in Genesis 3.16. Did we go that one or not? Okay, Um, where the first thing out of uh, God's mouth is, I will fix this. So with that one, again, we quickly fast forward to the cross, and that is the fix. So if you want the Bible in a nutshell, that is it. That is God doing everything needed to restore the relationship with him. Now, again, I want to quickly back up to my opening line of the Lord's Prayer to keep everything in balance. Again, one aspect of the cross is the restoring of the relationship. There's still the God in heaven side, and there's still the hallowed be thy name side. So again, just keeping that one in balance as we progress. So why did he do all this with the cross? Why did Jesus pay that ultimate sacrifice for us, taking away our sins? To restore that relationship with God, because we could not have that relationship with him in the way he wanted unless everything was completely and utterly fixed. And so what we find um, just looking at a few scriptures here. In John 15:13 to 15, which I did think I give, you'll notice in here, one of the things about Jesus saying about us is, I call you friends. In John 17, 20 to 22, you'll notice the part of Jesus' prayer for you is that we would be one with Christ as Christ is one with God intimate relationship again and an interesting counterpoint here is in Matthew 7 21 to 23 and this is to the false disciples who he's having a conversation with at the time here they're talking about they've done all these works they've done all these great things in the name of God and yet what does Jesus turn around and say to them I never knew you. They did not have a relationship with God. They were doing works in his name, but it wasn't out of a relationship with God. And um, just again, as I'm saying these things, you know, about works. Yes, there are works. I'll get to that in a minute. And they are important, but it's with that relationship. So God's primary work and goal in our lives is to bring us into a close relationship with him. That's what he's doing. Now, everything else in our life is secondary to that. Okay? And I feel like in some of the conversations we were having um, uh, last year outside, not everybody was, you know, was getting that, and again, as we can move on here, you'll see why it is important that you you realize that for many reasons, and one of those, I'll just be up front, is that means God's going to be working in everybody's lives in a slightly different way. There's no formula, what God's had to put me through to keep that relationship with him is going to be different for what he needs to have you do to keep that relationship with him. But I can guarantee you this, He does want to do that, he's willing to do that, and he'll do whatever it takes to keep that. So why is it important that our relationship with him is first? Now, I'm gonna quote one of the other people I like to read, some of you may know Oswald Chambers. I do like, uh, most people know about his, uh, my utmost for his highest, the uh, daily devotional, which is great. If you really wanna get some good stuff, get the complete works of Oswald Chambers. That is really good. And it's about this thick, but it is good. (laughs) Uh, I don't think I mentioned the beginning. I'm big into the Bible and theology, by the way. So Oswald Chambers makes a really nice little quote here. And what he says is, We are not asked to believe the Bible, but to believe the one in whom the Bible reveals. So the Bible does have a lot of good stuff in there, but that's not the purpose. The purpose is, to believe in Jesus. And we notice in John 14, verse 1, where Jesus makes the statement, trust in me. So the Bible is pointing us to Jesus. Again, that relationship with him. Again, if we go back to Genesis and look at the the story about what God did and everything of being intimate with us, you also understand too We are made to be in a relationship with God. That is primarily what we are looking for, what we're after. And the only way you will ever find peace, satisfaction, joy, hope, whatever you're looking for, is in that relationship with God. Nothing else will satisfy you apart from that relationship with God. It's also important to have our relationship with him first because when you have a relationship with God, you can be certain about him even though you are uncertain about tomorrow. He's not going to change. It's funny, I was listening to what Angie was saying this morning. It's like, wow, that might have been a better intro intro than what i got because it was really spot on going in line with what I'm about to say. So, with that, it's very important to keep things in perspective. We're made for, uh, like I say, a relationship. But in this day and age, we are being inundated with information. Now, again, I warned you, I'm sarcastic. So every, you, know, you pick up your phones, you pick up your iPads, whatever you use, and the irrelevant net, fake book, and unsocial media is bombarding you with something. And there's always going to be like some horrible story from some obscure little country that you've never heard of in some place of the world you never knew existed. And the way geography goes today, it's probably going to be renamed by next week anyway. Pouring this all in you. So you're being constantly bombarded with that. But I loved it, the reference to, I think it was Ian was talking from Ecclesiastes the other week, and I love Ecclesiastes. I can preach on Ecclesiastes. It is not a depressing book. There is nothing new under the sun. The difference is we just get bombarded with it immediately. And if you having trouble believing me on that one, first of all, you again, you go back and read Genesis. What do you come up against in Genesis? One of the very first stories that's recorded is a murder. Man has barely been on this earth for a short space of time and somebody's killed somebody. Again, if you look at the Old Testament and you read up the background behind a lot of those nations that God said were due for punishment and being removed from the earth, you really need to find out what they were doing. It will shock you. There really is nothing new under the sun. So... The thing that's important here with why is it a relationship with God is if we don't have that relationship with God first and foremost, we are going to become overwhelmed and discouraged. And you'll have problems trusting God. It's His will be done, not our will. If we set out to serve God and to do His work, but we are not in touch with Him, if we're not in that relationship with Him, then the sense of responsibility we feel will be overwhelming and defeating to us because we are going to take those burdens upon ourselves and not leave those burdens where they belong, which is with God. Because God is in control. doesn't matter what happens in this world. He's not going to forsake us. In Matthew 6, 25 to 32, God talks about don't worry. And in that one, he's talking about clothing, clothing us and feeding us. He is going to take care of us. Now, my poor children suffered a lot of my teaching and preaching as they've grown up. But one of the things they've said is we need to trust in God no matter what. Even if God decides to blow the world to smithereens tomorrow, we can still trust him that we will be okay and that he will take care of us. We need to place our trust in him. But as part of that, God does invite us to be part of his redemptive work. However, we need to keep in mind that we are finite beings. We have limitations. We cannot do our part without his help. And being finite, we also need to keep in mind we can't fix the entire world's problems. Now, I'm going to kind of skip off a little bit following my notes here because... I really went back and forth on that last passage. I even had some conversations with Adam on that one to come up with the right word that I wanted. It came to me at 3 a.m. in the morning, so I got up and I wrote it down real quick. And that is, we're finite. We really need to, to grasp that, because again, getting back to what we're being inundated with day in, day out, it can get overwhelming. But... We're finite. God is the infinite one. He's the all power. He's in control. Very clear. Don't worry about it. And with that, it was mentioned many, many years ago, I'm going to need some of that water. (laughs) Um, Excuse me just a second. uh, Another commentary, I can't remember who it was, I'm afraid, pointed out the biggest fear that Christians have is we'll lose. And it's true, I've been in churches where they preach that, where they tend to preach, oh, if we don't do A, B, C, and D by the end of next week, we're all doomed. No. Let's get back to the other thing which I'd love to preach, which I was also debating about, the cross. Okay, when Jesus was on the cross, he didn't say, hey, Dad, we're halfway there. His words were, it is finished. It's a done deal. All, everything that was needed to be done to redeem us is done is done. Now we're just in that last time waiting for the time when God says, I'm going to end all this and restore it back to what it originally was. Okay? He will do it. He's very clear in the word of God. There's just certain things He wants to happen before that takes place. Not one of us can change that. The devil cannot do anything to stop that happening. He is all powerful. Following on from that one in Matthew 1322, Jesus talks about it's the worries of this life that will choke you. Again, if you don't have that relationship, those things are going to bring you down. You're going to start to worry. They're going to choke your relationship with God. Now, I want to be very clear. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be concerned about these things. Okay? The Bible also does talk about us speaking out the truth and about biblical justice and doing what's right. Just for the record, my wife and I met on the mission field. So we've been in a place of doing works. However, if you don't put your relationship with God first, you will burn out because you're not doing things in his strength and you might not be doing things with the right motive. Now, kind of examples I would give on that would be the Pharisees. You look at some of the conversations in the New Testament where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. They were all into works. They were all into all these little rituals and all these things. And guess what? There was no relationship with God and their motives were completely wrong. It was all for what they could get out of being a Pharisee. Just to sum up this little section here, again, I'm going to go back to Oswald Chambers. We don't need to work for God. We need to work with God. Hopefully, you can pick up the difference between the two. Because if we're working for God, again, like I've just said, could be wrong. If we're working with God, being finite, he's going to ask us to do things. He's going to give us the strength to do it. And if we keep our relationship with him, we are going to be productive in what he asks us to do. You can also link that one I didn't just came to mind about, you know, when Jesus says, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. Working with God is going to be one of the keys to that one. So moving along, oh, I'm doing too bad for time. Um, so having said all that, one of the questions is. How do we have a relationship with God? And I've got to be honest and upfront, some of this is going to hurt a little bit. Okay? Well, like any relationship, there's only one way to be close to somebody. You have to spend time with them. There is no substitute for that. And again, I will get back to my relationship with my wife, Kelly. Uh, like I say, we're coming up to 36 years. We've spent a lot of time together. I have absolute trust in Kelly. In fact, when I'm putting all these notes together, yes, I back and forth with, uh, with Adam, but the one whose personal opinion I want more than anybody else is my wife's, because if there's something not right, she's very good about helping me resolve those things. But it's taken time, and it wasn't just happened, and as we, again, we've been married for a long time, and again, we just keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger in our relationship. Now, One of the uh, things that I often hear which I'm very quick to point out which I think is false. We are taught growing up and this isn't biblical but how many of us heard that love is give and take? Okay, I'm here to tell you this morning no it's not. Love is give and receive. I will challenge any one of you here this morning to try and take love from me. Even if you're bigger and stronger than me you'll not be able to take it. All you can do with love is give it and receive whatever's given back. And we need to apply that in our relationship with God. When we come here on a Sunday morning, our worship is often a reflection of where we've been with God that week. And I know we we have needs, and I know there are things that we need to talk to God about, etc. And that's fine. But we should really come with an attitude of, I'm here to give something to God. And let him give back to me whatever he chooses. It's not always what I want. When Adam was praying this morning, he said, hold your hand out. And when he, I was like, okay, let's find out where Adam's going. And he said about God taking things away and God giving things back. I'm like, two hands. All right, God, take. I know there's a lot. I've got to get rid of here. Okay, that was my response. It's like, i got two hands. No, 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 take. Take, God. i got things in my life which aren't very, very good. So... Basically, what I'm trying to say here is we need to be dedicated first and foremost to Jesus, not a cause. Again, just illustrating what I said before. There's nothing wrong with being involved in speaking out for what's right, what's proper, what we need to do. But again, we really need to be dedicated to Jesus. In Matthew 6.33, the comment is made, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And we really do need to be doing that. And who are we seeking? We're seeking God. We're seeking Christ. Also in developing a relationship, we need to be in prayer. We need to be coming to God and praying to him. And yes, there's certain aspects of our prayer. There's adoration. There's confession. There's thanksgiving and there's supplication. But we need to be talking to God. Again, We're in a relationship. And that was an acronym, if you've ever heard that one, for prayer acts. Use it as an acronym. Your prayer life should include all four of those aspects. But again, he's encouraging us to come with the right attitude. And obviously, thanksgiving and supplication in that one are part of the father side of that opening line of the Lord's Prayer. Now, an important thing, too, in getting close to God You don't often hear this, but this, is, I think, is very important. The Bible doesn't tell you everything you want to know. It tells you everything God wants you to know. So it doesn't answer everything. And I would put out of that point, again, I'm big into theology in the Bible. If you do have questions, I'm more than happy to help you find answers to the questions that you might have. But With that statement in mind, I like what somebody said, and again, Most of this stuff has been like from 45 years out of uh, reading and stuff, so I don't know which author said this one, but he did make a good comment, thinking about the Bible being what God wants us to know. He says, Christians should spend more time reading their Bible and less time reading books about the Bible. It's what God has given you, and again, I'm not bashing reading books about the Bible. How do you think I learn theology? I have to read books. Another thing which can be, we talk here a lot at Church of the Well of practices. Now, they can be helpful, but we just need to be careful that those practices don't become a substitute for what the Bible tells us to do. And that is trust and obey. Now again, I'm going to kind of pull in the Pharisees there. You look at what they were like. They had, again, these whole load of practices. But that practice wasn't helping them develop any relationship with God it turns to like legalism it turns to, you have to do A, B and C each week and all of that kind of thing, rituals and it's got nothing to do with what God's asking I want to be in a relationship with you so out of that, your trust and obedience are going to depend on your closeness to God on that relationship with God because if you don't trust God self will take over now, again, I'm going to look back a little bit about just a general relationship. When you get to know somebody, the more you get to know them, you're going to develop trust, as I've already pointed out with my wife Kelly. Knowing her, knowing her character, knowing who she is, I have absolute trust in my wife. It took time. The same thing's going to happen with God. As you develop that relationship with God, you are going to be able to trust him more. But if you don't develop that relationship, you're never going to have that basis in which you can form that trust. You're trying to just base it on your own understanding. And as you learn to trust God, and this next bit comes from a local well-known speaker, Adam Avery, <laughs> is that that's where your obedience will come from. Because as you get to know who God is and what he is, you're not going to have a problem being obedient to the things that he's asking you to do because you'll have that loving relationship with him. You'll see the value of that. And you won't be doing it out of the wrong motives. It's because you love God, you see who he is, and you see that that's wrong, you see that that's hurting him, you're not going to have a problem obeying him. I know there's often, I've actually mentioned the, not too long ago, I think Jordan mentioned saying about being asked the question, is he Lord and Savior? Yes. But the only way he's going to be Lord is if you develop that relationship with him and trust him. And that's why I feel you often get that debate in the church, is because they don't have that side and they don't see who God really is. So, nothing too bad. Got two more things. So, as we get to my last two pieces to close this morning. And and I guarantee this one is going to hurt a little, so be warned. All right? (laughs) So when you do go onto the internet, or relevant net, um, there's two pieces of information everybody's trying to get from you. Where you spend your time and where you spend your money. Now, if I can get those two pieces of information from you, I've got you pegged. Why? Because where you spend your time is what's important to you. Where you spend your money is what is valuable to you. So, yeah, it hurts, doesn't it? Because I actually remember, I was actually worked with a youth group in a previous church, and I preached this to the, the youth group. And I said, be honest, no, it's not you don't have time to be with God, it's what is your priority? Is your priority God, or is your priority something else? That's a choice what you have to make And I've been through that one too, guys. It does hurt when you realize, yeah, I have the time. I just need to give something else up because everybody has the time to contact their friends, watch their favorite programs. With me, I like to do a lot of running and I have other hobbies I like to do as well. So fair enough. So I'm going to leave you with this final statement here. And this one comes from me. We don't need to fit God into our day. We need to fit our day into God. All right, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for everything that you've done for us, for all the great and wonderful works, for your love, for your care, for your affection, and for the ultimate sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ on the cross, that we might be restored in our relationship with you, that we might know you as our Father. Please just help us to draw close to you, to spend time with you, to be open with you, and to learn and grow and be in that relationship that you might be glorified forever and ever. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Peter. You're listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at www.wellchurchvt.com.